What's going on, everybody? I am your host, Jay Rich, and this is Straight to the Bank. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. If it is your first time here, you can follow me on Twitter at your boy Jay Rich, and make sure you are subscribed to Destination Devi Radio so you can get all of the dope podcasts that we put out each and every day. This episode will be focused on the exercise I did last week, looking at book lines to determine ranges of outcomes for wide receivers. This time, I have all the wide receivers that we have on DraftKings Sportsbook from the top to the bottom, their receiving yards, their receptions, and their touchdowns. We turn those into fantasy points, and it gives us a new ranking set to compare against the sharpest tool in the business at Underdog Fantasy. So I will be comparing how these books feel and how the underdog drafters feel and finding some discrepancies between the two data sets let's dive into it right now let's go all right y'all so i'm not sure exactly how long this episode is going to be but as you guys kind of know like i talked about last week i did sort of have some tiers for these receivers but the biggest question mark was the receptions right i didn't have numbers for the receptions and thankfully DraftKings sportsbook heard me and they said you know what jordan we're going to get you those receptions numbers. We're going to crunch the numbers. We're going to get you those receptions. And we even got some more receivers as well. So I have approximately 40 receivers right now where I have their receiving yards, their receptions, and their touchdowns. And so we have all the numbers for all those guys. I pulled the underdog ADP for all of those players. And now we'll be comparing their fantasy point projections based off these DraftKings lines to the ADP on underdog, and we will be making some conclusions of some guys we should be targeting and some guys we should be potentially fading based off of this information. Now, I want to point out yet again, if you missed last episode, this is not a ceiling projection per se. You're not going to see crazy high numbers for these players. They are medium projections. They are season-long futures. So you have to account for injury when you're talking about this information. If you're placing a bet on any player in July, even in August and early August especially, there is, of course, injury concerns, injury potential, and you will not be refunded for that if you place that bet. It is a future bet. doesn't matter what happens, and that's all factored into these numbers. And it's funny because even since the last time I ran these numbers and calculated them all and put it together, some of the numbers have already changed, and the reason why, about a week and a half has passed. So now the potential injury risk is a little bit lower than it was a week ago. And so you may see these numbers change a little bit as we get closer and closer to the season because then you start getting to, okay, they made it through the offseason healthy. What do we actually expect them to do? And that's why you see Justin Jefferson going from 1350 all the way to 1400 receiving yards, at least right now. And by the time the season rolls around, that number could be 1500 because he made it through the offseason. And we all know Jets can go for 16, 17, 18, 19, 2K at the absolute high end. We know it's a possibility. So DraftKings and whoever sportsbook has to adjust their lines based off of these numbers. And basically what I did, as I mentioned, got the receiving yards, the touchdowns, and the receptions, and I put those numbers together, and I kind of put together some tiers. So if you are in the Destination Devi Discord, you will have access to this full sheet. If you really want it and you're not a patron, DM me and I can give it to you, but it will be in the Patreon. I posted it in the Best Ball chat, but I can post it in the general chat as well so everyone can see it, regardless of whether you are listening to this episode as a casual subscriber or a Heisman member, you will get it as long as you are in the Discord. So you can see the data, what the tiers are, and like I mentioned, the tiers are kind of arbitrary. They're just sort of where I found 
found some holes in the data. So I will go through tier by tier, and then I will also talk about some players that I think are undervalued and overvalued based off this information. Now, whether we believe that the sports book is right or wrong, it's a different conversation. Because of course, we don't know who the most accurate ranker is going to be in August. If we did, we'd all follow the rankings and everyone would be right about everything. But the reality is, and I always talk about this, is that these companies make billions and billions and billions of dollars. So if I was going to bet money on anybody to be accurate with their projections, it would probably be someone who's making billions of dollars and not the guys that are peddling their projections for free or for maybe hundreds of dollars out there. So there's a big difference when you're looking at these numbers and, and you will be a little bit surprised, but when you see the tiers and I start to explain some of the players that are undervalued and overvalued, it does make a lot of sense. And you just think about ranges of outcomes, risk, and all these things factored in, that's when this stuff starts to become more and more apparent. So let's dive into tier number one. Very simple, very easy. Three players, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. These guys are separated by a total of seven points. They go in order, Jefferson, Chase, Cup. No different than underdog drafts. Underdog drafts have them the exact same ranking set. Chase is number two, even though he could be a little bit higher, but this is half PPR. If it was PPR, he would be number one. Jefferson is number one. Cup is number three. But to be fair to Cup, he was number one in points per game last season. So again, he didn't play the whole season, but when he was playing, he was the number one wide receiver in fantasy. And I believe if you are drafting on underdog, if you can get Cup at any discount, anywhere behind pick four, five, six, like he deserves to be up there with Jefferson and Chase. They have very similar yardage projections. Jefferson, as I mentioned, is a little bit higher now at 1,400. Chase, 1,275. Cooper Cup, 1,250. Okay. Jefferson, 8.5 touchdowns. Chase, 10.5 touchdowns. Cup, 9.5 touchdowns. 105 receptions for Jefferson. 95 for Chase. 108.5 for Cooper Cup projected to lead the NFL in receptions, and we should not be surprised by that at all. So when you are playing in PPR leagues, and this is where I start talking about this, if you believe the yardage and touchdowns can be similar for a Jefferson and a Cup, maybe Cup's yards are a little bit lower. We know the touchdown ceiling is very high. You should not be sleeping on Cooper Cup. Not to say he's being super slept on, but if you're seeing him anywhere past like pick five or six, you should be taking him because he is one of the most valuable receivers and he deserves to be right up there with Chase and with Justin Jefferson. So now let's get into tier two where we do have a player that is being so disrespected, so disrespected in the market right now at number four in tier two with one other receiver, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. No real surprises there. Both guys are studs personified. And I let off this episode talking about how this is not necessarily a ceiling projection. Devontae Adams, everyone understands the situation. He had Derek Carr last year. They had the chemistry coming from Fresno State. And they were pretty damn good together last season. Because Devontae Adams is wide receiver four in points per game. Right behind the big three. And actually just behind Tyreek Hill. But ahead of a Jamar Chase. Now Chase did miss some games. But in terms of points per game... Adams is still ahead of him in terms of half point PPR, which is what we're talking about because we are comparing to underdog and applying this to underdog scoring. So like I mentioned, Adams, but on underdog, Adams is wide receiver 10. Let me say that again. On underdog, Devontae Adams is wide receiver 10, but DraftKings has Devontae Adams projected to be wide receiver four 
overall. It's actually a tie with Tyreek Hill, but let's say he's wide receiver four. Tyreek Hill also tied for wide receiver four in tier two and arguably could be in tier one. Decided to separate it just a little bit because there was a bit of a tier break. They were both at 226.8. Cooper Cup was at 236. And then Stefan Diggs, who's the next receiver, is at 214. So a pretty clear tier break there. But again, 10 ranking points difference. 14.2 ADP for Devontae Adams when he probably should be up there in the back of the first at least and potentially upside for higher than that because of the high floor that DraftKings projects him for. They have him for the same floor in terms of yards as Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. They have him for a higher touchdown floor than Tyreek Hill and just below Jefferson at 8.5. And, and his over-under for receptions, 99.5. And, and we all know that Tay Adams can catch 100 balls in a season. So there should be no real concerns. And this is where you look at a player like Devontae Adams and you say, well, what is the path for Devontae Adams? How is he going to be this high-end wide receiver? Because you have Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amara St. Brown, all names I haven't mentioned yet in terms of these tiers, but they are all ranked higher than Devontae Adams. And simply it's because of their situations. You have Aaron Rodgers, you have Josh Allen, you have Dak Prescott, you have Jalen Hurts, and you have Jared Goff, where there's no uncertainty about what the quarterback's going to do. They've had success before and they will probably have success again. The difference is Devontae Adams has shown us he can have success with just about any quarterback he's ever had. And so that's where you look at the books and you say, well, what are they really telling us here? Well, what they're telling us is they don't care that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. They believe that the floor is so high for Devonta Adams that he can produce as a approximate wide receiver four overall amongst the total set of all these wide receivers. They have him higher than every player I just mentioned, except for Jefferson, Chase, Cup, and Tyreek Hill, who he is tied with. And you should really be drafting him higher because if you are drafting to make it deep in the playoffs, and yes, it's not super easy to stack a Devontae Adams. He's kind of a guy you just draft because he's there and you expect him to be great. And you can't really stack him because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't seem to have a very high ceiling. But the reality is, is that you ultimately want to have good players on your team. And when a massive institution like DraftKings Sportsbook is telling you that they believe Devontae Adams is the wide receiver four in 2023, you should probably be listening to them because they probably know what they're talking about. And I'm not saying that they are the smartest fantasy people in the world or they have the best projections, but you should at least look at that and say, hmm, maybe I should get some more shares of Devontae Adams because maybe he's a little bit undervalued. In terms of ceiling, when you talk about stacking and all those principles, yes, I understand why you may go another direction, but you can't tell me that Amon Ross St. Brown is this much better asset than a Devontae Adams because even with Jared Goff, we don't know what Jared Goff's ceiling is. He had a pretty good year last year. It doesn't mean it's going to be super high where you have to take him super high and you should get Amon Ra over an Adams. I think it's pretty close. And I would personally take Adams, who is wide receiver four for DraftKings, and Amon Ra St. Brown, and we will get to him, is all the way down at wide receiver 11. So that is your tier two and your top five wide receivers. Getting into tier three, we have four names here. Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, and Jalen Waddle. The clear guy who we aren't really sure what to expect but do have very high hopes for is, of course, Garrett Wilson, who is wide receiver eight off the board on underdog right now, which, as we know and as we've seen with the clips, he is getting pumped to the high heavens with Aaron Rodgers. And we fully expect a massive target share, 147 targets last season. 
and we fully expect it to be even higher, probably in the 160, 170, 180. We don't really know what this ceiling could look like for Garrett Wilson, but I think we have to also take into account that maybe the Jets will be a little bit better this year. They don't have to throw the ball so much. They aren't going to be so desperate when it comes to trying to win games and throw their way back into games. They can probably just run the ball control the clock, and play well. So I'm curious what Garrett Wilson's projection would look like in terms of targets, but in terms of his actual numbers, 1,150 yards, eight touchdowns, 87 and a half receptions. So again, yards per reception looking very good for him. Digs a little bit lower in terms of yards, touchdowns a little bit higher, and receptions 99 and a half. So very good there. Not much variance here when you talk about the rankings on underdog and how DraftKings has them projected. Diggs is at six, Wilson seven, Lamb eight, and Jalen Waddle at nine. So really not too bad. Pretty standard there. Not a lot of difference. The one big thing is that they do have Jalen Waddle a little bit higher up the board. So he is wide receiver nine. On underdog, he's wide receiver 11. So again, they have projected a little bit higher than Amara St. Brown, who is wide receiver nine on underdog. And then of course, wide receiver 10 on underdog is Devontae Adams, who drafting has all the way up at wide receiver four. Let's get into the next tier because there is a name that I haven't mentioned who gets drafted very high. Very, very high. A.J. Brown, wide receiver six on underdog. He has surprisingly underwhelming projections on DraftKings Sportsbook. He had a massive year last year, but for whatever reason, they aren't so sold on old A.J. Brown heading into 2023. And I also need to point out, his running mate wide receiver, Devonta Smith, is also in this tier in terms of DraftKings Sportsbook, and they're only separated by about 10 points overall. So it's really not a big difference between A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, and we talk all the time about if these players can operate as co-alphas, and DraftKings is saying they basically can. They're separated by about 100, by about 75 yards, a couple receptions headed more towards Smith's way, and the touchdowns sway slightly towards A.J. So again, kind of what we expect, A.J. more the touchdown guy, and Smith more the volume guy, get the receptions, a little bit lower A dot, a little bit lower yardage, A.J. Brown, the big play threat, the yak monster, the guy who scores the touchdowns, and we fully expect this kind of stuff. But in this tier, A.J. Brown at the top, at wide receiver 10, Amra St. Brown, wide receiver 11, DK Metcalf, wide receiver 12, T. Higgins, wide receiver 13, Devonta Smith, wide receiver 14, Chris Olave, wide receiver 15, and Amari Cooper, wide receiver 17. So the big discrepancy here, of course, is A.J. Brown. And it's really surprising because, again, we all view A.J. Brown as this guy who has a super high ceiling. Points per game in 2022 was wide receiver seven. So, again, him ranked at wide receiver six on underdog. We know that he's going to get sacked with Jalen Hurts. We know we love the ceiling and the boom games for A.J. Brown. We know he's a difference maker. But surprising to see his projections come in so low, four whole spots lower than he is on underdog. So he is a guy that maybe you want to look to fade a little bit potentially could be a little bit overvalued and people are kind of overvaluing that stack aspect of underdog and of best ball then really just looking at what he could do and his projected ranges of outcomes because the reality is when you're looking at this data it's saying that you should probably not draft AJ Brown go another route and take you know wide receiver seven CD Lamb wide receiver eight Garrett Wilson wide receiver 10 Devontae Adams and then come back with Devontae Smith who is more appropriately ranked as wide receiver 13 on underdog and wide receiver 14 by DraftKings. So when you look at it from that perspective, you say maybe he is a little bit overvalued and Smitty is actually the better play based on what we're seeing right now. The other guy to mention is DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf is someone that people are not really so sold on this year for whatever reason. And DraftKings is kind of like, well, let's just hold up a damn minute because DK 
has a pretty high touchdown ceiling. His touchdown number is at seven and a half, which again is the same as AJ Brown. He's only 100 yards behind AJ Brown at 950. And receptions, he's actually over under is seven receptions higher than AJ Brown's. And he's wide receiver 15 on underdog, wide receiver 12 on DraftKings in terms of his projections. But the big downside here, of course, last season, wide receiver 27 in terms of points per game. And we all know the Seahawks drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round in the 2023 NFL draft. So that is going to factor into people's minds as well. But I still think with Geno Smith, DK Metcalf has a great ceiling. And as DK is kind of pointing out, he has a great floor. Whether it's yardage, receptions, touchdowns, everything looks very good for DK. And he's in the same tier, as I mentioned, as Amara, as Higgins, as Smitty. And not everyone has him quite there. And when you think about how cheap it is to go out and get a Geno later in an underdog draft, it's really easy to make this stack happen. And you can still get a running back at the top because his ADP is 28.1. So he is you know, mid to early third round, which isn't too bad. And you don't have to pay this high premium. So you could go wide receiver running back and then come back with DK if you wanted to. And that would probably be a pretty good start based off what these numbers from DraftKings are saying. Right behind him is T. Higgins at wide receiver 13. He pretty much falls in line with his projections of wide receiver 14 on underdog, as I mentioned, Smitty. And then Chris Olave is a little bit lower then he is projected at on underdog. He's wide receiver 12 on underdog, wide receiver 15 on DK. Not too much behind Smitty or Higgins. It's like we're talking two or three fantasy points, so it's not a wide margin. That's why they're in the same tier here. But a lot of people do project a lot of great things for Olave, and you know they have him at a thousand or just over a thousand yards now at 1050, five and a half touchdowns, which I think is where he kind of struggles at some point. Is he's not necessarily the guy that you would project for seven eight touchdowns. Same thing with Amara, right? You give Amara a seven and a half touchdown projection and that bumps him up 14 points and he's up another tier right there with Jalen Waddle. But when you have him at five and a half, 1050 yards, 95 receptions, Chris Olave again, 1050 yards, five and a half touchdowns, 75 and a half receptions. That's the difference between those two. But overall still, Pretty similar numbers in terms of their tier and pretty similar in terms of what people expect of these two wide receivers and kind of why we don't necessarily view them to have this massive ceiling in best ball and in fantasy because they're probably not going to get the touchdowns to be really relevant and be near the top versus a Metcalf versus a Brown versus an Amari Cooper potentially who could have a pretty big touchdown year as well to put him closer to the top. Like I mentioned, Amari Cooper last on this list. DK has him at 17. Underdog has him at 17. And I really like Cooper a lot. A guy who I think is a little bit undervalued. I had Jordan Vanek on the Wake Up Show and we talked about how we believe there could be big things in line for Cooper this year with a full year of Watson and arguably coming off the best season of his career. Wide receiver 15 in terms of points per game last season. Half PPR, again, for people who missed that off the top. But Cooper could be very good this year. Could be looking at another 1,000-yard season. Could see 7-8 touchdowns. And the receptions could be north of 80 as well. And if the volume goes up, could be even higher than that. But this is where DraftKings has him. And I think it's a pretty good spot for Amari Cooper. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Now, getting into the next tier, we have a four-pack of receivers, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Tyler Lockett. Now, I'll quickly touch on Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley because the projections for Lockett and Evans are extremely high relative to what Underdog is telling us, and they are looking like screaming values when you talk about all of these players. So Keenan Allen basically fell in line, wide receiver 18, and he's wide receiver 19 on Underdog, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 16 on Underdog, and wide receiver 19 on DraftKings. Very similar projections. Um, Ridley basically makes up for it in touchdowns and yards, and Keenan Allen should have a pretty high reception floor. 85 and a half, Ridley 70 receptions, six touchdowns, 900 yards. As I mentioned, there's two players right below these two who also have very similar projections. Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett. In the case of Mike Evans, wide receiver 35 on underdog right now. Wide receiver 35. DK has them tied at wide receiver 19 with Calvin Ridley and Tyler Lockett. 900 yards, six touchdowns, 70 and a half receptions. Again, 16 wide receiver slots higher than his underdog draft slot. And that is a massive discrepancy. And to be fair, both Evans and Godwin are pretty high on these lists. And we will touch on them kind of at the end when I kind of go over what I'm seeing here and how I would approach it based off what the fantasy community is projecting and what DraftKings is projecting overall. And then Tyler Lockett, as we mentioned, DK Metcalf higher than people are expecting on underdog. Tyler Lockett way higher than people are expecting on underdog. And it's mainly because Jack Smith and Jigba has a pretty modest projection. If I recall, his yardage is around 725. They don't have receptions or touchdowns out for him right now. But Lockett, 875 in terms of yards, 6.25 touchdowns, and 72 and a half receptions. He is, again, wide receiver 19. He is tied with Ridley and Evans. But on, but on underdog, he is wide receiver 33, way down there and should probably be drafted a little bit higher. Again, this is not necessarily a ceiling projection, but these are guys that you probably should bet on because there are people out there that are smarter than us that believe they will still be pretty good regardless of how you may feel about their situations today. And so we should be looking to invest in a Mike Evans and a Tyler Lockett because while we don't love Baker Mayfield and we don't love Kyle Trask and maybe you're not so sure about Gino, you're not sold on him and you're not sold on the fact they drafted JSN and they still have DK Metcalf. So you're kind of fading Lockett. Maybe you shouldn't because maybe he's going to be pretty damn good again this year. And so that's where, depending on what you project, both these guys are potentially screaming values, and especially those Bucks, man. If they're bad and they're down in games, those targets may be inefficient. They may be terrible, but they'll probably still get targets. Like Mike Evans probably still going to catch 65, 70 passes this year. So I don't think 70 is a crazy number and 900 yards for the man who always has a thousand. Now, a lot of people don't think he's going to have a thousand, but his over under is 900. So we are getting a little bit of a discount there. And we should probably say, yeah, I believe that Mike Evans, even with terrible quarterback play, will see 120, 130 targets, can catch 55, 60% of those and work his way to a 900 yard season with six touchdowns. It's not that unreasonable, and it'd be a pretty good season in a half PPR format. And so you look at that and you say, those are the guys that you should probably be targeting right now because outside of Devontae Adams, those are the number one and number two screaming values on underdog relative to where they are being ranked right now. As I mentioned, Mike Evans, wide receiver 35 and wide receiver 19 on DraftKings. And then Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 33 on underdog and wide receiver 19 on DraftKings tied with Mike Evans. Difference of 16 and 14 slots overall, which is massive, absolutely massive. 
Now getting into our next tier, which is our second last tier that I will be going through, we have Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, who I did have to project a little bit, Deontay Johnson, who I had to project a little bit as well, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman, and Christian Kirk. So I'm not going to rattle off all these numbers. Basically, all these guys were between 900 and 825 yards. And then you have their touchdown totals between five and a half and four and a half basically is where they landed. Receptions anywhere from 67 and a half, which is what Judy had, all the way up to 82 and a half, which is what Deontay Johnson had. Again, I had to project Deontay Johnson for four and a half touchdowns. Could have been at three and a half, but I gave him four and a half. And then John Trey Hopkins, I put him at 79 and a half receptions. Both those numbers were not available on DraftKings. So I just said, you know, I had Hopkins for about 80 receptions. I thought that was fair. So I gave him 79 and a half as his number. And then Johnson... Eight touchdowns one season, zero touchdowns last season. Let's put him at four and a half. Call it a night, right? Very, very simple. And he should probably be in this tier, so it's not anything crazy. I mean, you look at Judy, who everyone loves, right? Jerry Judy, wide receiver 20 on underdog, wide receiver 22 on DraftKings Sportsbook, wide receiver 20 in points per game last season. Great bet. A lot of good data points to say, yep, draft Judy. He's probably fair at ADP and probably going to be good again this year. You have Terry McLaurin, kind of the same story. Ranked at 24, DraftKings has him at 23, last year 22 in points per game. Very similar projections to Judy, so another one who should be just fine. DeAndre Hopkins, like I mentioned, probably a back-end wide receiver two, um, high-end wide receiver three. They have him at 23 on underdog, DraftKings has him at 24, but he was 11th in points per game last season, although we expect the volume to come down quite a bit. You have Deontay Johnson, who's wide receiver 29, 25 on DK, but 39 in points per game last year. Of course, he didn't score any touchdowns, so that's one of the main reasons why. Hopefully, he can come back to some sort of a mean where he is scoring some touchdowns, maybe one every four games, like give me four touchdowns, and we'll probably be fine. Chris Godwin, as I mentioned, who is a little bit undervalued right now, going four slots below his ADP at wide receiver 30. DraftKings has him at wide receiver 26. But the most egregious of all, and the second high or third highest, sorry, tied at least for the third highest in terms of value, Chris Godwin, who again, underrated this Bucks offense. The people at DraftKings Sportsbook, the people running these analysis, these models, these projections, they believe Chris Godwin is still going to be good this year. They believe the targets will be there, the yards will be there, the receptions will be there. His number on DK was like 750 or 775, and it was like minus 150 to the over for his yards. So I gave him 800 and a half because I know that that 775 is juice to the over. So it's probably should be a little bit higher. We adjust the line a little bit. Touchdowns at five. Again, very reasonable for Chris Godwin. He's a guy who's had way more than that before. But 80 and a half receptions. That's wild. Like that is pretty, pretty, pretty wild. And that's kind of where you maybe lose me a little bit. I understand having Evans for 70, but man, Godwin at 80 is a lot like that is a lot of receptions for a team that we don't think is going to be very good but the point isn't about what we think our point is to take the data for what it is and what they are projecting and say how can we apply this to our situation how can we look at this and say where are we going wrong and how can we go better and how can we improve our process we've identified adams we've identified evans we've identified lockett we've identified deontay johnson potentially if you feel good about him he's a little bit undervalued godwin as well a little bit undervalued if he can perform the way that drafting is projecting him right now and then you have the guy who's third on this list in terms of most undervalued Tied with the next receiver we'll get in the next tier, Michael Pittman. Looking at a new quarterback, whether it is Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson, I don't really care. I believe that Michael Pittman will get his work. 
Wide receiver 34 on underdog right now, 27 by DraftKings, but 23 in points per game last season. Now, again, this isn't full PPR. This is half PPR, so that may favor Pittman a little bit, very slightly. He doesn't get a ton of yards, but the volume was there for him last season. I think the volume will be there for him again. I don't think it's going to matter who's playing quarterback. He's the number one option on his team, and he's in a tier with wide receiver 20, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 23, wide receiver 27. And he's wide receiver 34. And the books are telling you, yeah, all these guys about the same. They are in a spread from 156.8 to 149.3. That's it. Seven fantasy points is the projected difference between these guys. This whole tier is about the same guy. And I talked about this on the Hopkins show because I was like, this is what we expect him to kind of be. Based off of what we have and based off what we're looking at and all this data... This is kind of where I have him and where he should probably end up. And based off all these players, all these players we're looking at, and it's not an entire sample, but it's a pretty big one with a lot of very high-end talented wide receivers. There's no Brandon Ayuk, there's no Debo Samuel, and we'll get into the Niners later because these damn Niners are the worst, but it's still a pretty big sample and you can look amongst these groups of players and kind of see how they would be ranked overall. So... Again, Michael Pittman, definitely undervalued. I would take some shots. I know we don't like the offense. I know we're unsure, but personally, very big fan of Shane Steichen. I believe he will do tremendous things with regardless of who he has at quarterback. He knows that Michael Pittman is his best receiver, and he will get him the ball. I can promise you that. So believe in Michael Pittman because he's probably going to be pretty good this season and probably a little bit undervalued in terms of where he's ranked on underdog right now. Now let's get into a guy who was a little bit more fairly valued in Christian Kirk. He is wide receiver 27 on underdog, 28 on DraftKings, wide receiver 11 last season in points per game. But obviously we know Calvin Ridley has entered the building and DraftKings is saying he will be the wide receiver one all the way up at wide receiver 19 for them. Christian Kirk bumped down to wide receiver 28, but still a pretty good projection for him and no reason to be fading him. Very fair price for Christian Kirk. Now let's go down the board a little bit to one of our bigger fallers, Drake London. I've laid out the case for Drake London. I've talked about it plenty. He's just a guy that I don't really want simply because I don't think he projects overly well. And DraftKings is kind of saying, these are the guys that are a little bit riskier, but could pay off if things all go right. Now, in the case of some of these later players, they are more boom bust guys that will have great weeks and have bad weeks, which is great for underdog, great for best ball. So a little bit different in terms of philosophy, but these are how these guys ultimately group together. And when you put these guys with a Drake London, who we don't necessarily believe has an overly high ceiling, that's when it becomes a bit of a problem. So as I mentioned, wide receiver 22 on underdog, wide receiver 29 on DraftKings here. 825 yards, four and a half touchdowns, 70 and a half receptions, which is a little bit surprising to me. He is seven slots higher on underdog than we would have him on DraftKings, and that's a bit of a problem. Compared him to Mike Williams, where Mike Williams is wide receiver 25 on underdog, wide receiver 30 by DraftKings, not a big difference, and we know the ceiling that Mike Williams presents in this new Kellen Moore offense. Next on the list, wide receiver 31 on DraftKings and 31 on underdog, Marquise Brown. A player that we love, that we think can be a great receiver, target monster, has shown great flashes, unfortunately has been injured, and of course will be hampered by quarterback play in 2023. Arizona is going to be a dumpster fire. They're going to be in line for the number one overall pick. And that's the main reason why Marquise Brown is not a top 24-hour receiver. If he had a competent quarterback, and if we could guarantee he had Kyler Murray for the full season, 
I would probably say he's worthy of a top 24 selection. He's only going at 31 right now. We know that he can do it. We know that he can see a ton of targets. It's just, will he be available? And what does the quarterback play look like for Marquise Brown? I think this number could go up. So I, I don't think... I hate drafting him here at wide receiver 31 and DraftKings kind of tends to agree. Thinks it's a pretty good value. Now I think you would maybe consider an IU over him, a Debo over him. So you could push him down a few slots, but overall still not too bad. I think it's a pretty good value. Now, as I mentioned, there was Michael Pittman who was seven slots higher on DK than he was on underdog. And there's another player who's also seven slots higher on DK than he is on underdog. And that is Gabe Davis. And I kind of hinted to this when I was talking about the wide receiver show and how I was so shocked by the projection for Gabe Davis. And I didn't have the re- reception, so I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Maybe the receptions will be too low. Well, I don't think they were. I don't think they were. They came in just about right. Gabe Davis is wide receiver 39 on underdog and 32 on DK, 775 yards, 6.25 touchdowns, 50 receptions. Pretty solid number. And we know if for some reason Gabe Davis hit, double-digit touchdowns. Wide receiver 15 last year in Dynasty League. Everyone was riding the Gabe Davis hype off that playoff run. And then what happened? Gabe Davis face planted. And I think it's important to point out that Josh Allen's injury probably hurt Gabe Davis the most. You want to talk about a UCL strain hampering a guy who only goes downfield and makes big plays. Like that is what Gabe Davis does best. And so how can you expect him to do that when his quarterback is injured and struggling and battling in the cold with an injured elbow? And so now he walks in 2023, hopefully with a healthy Josh Allen and a motivated Gabe Davis in a contract year. We've talked endlessly about how they need to bring in weapons to help out Gabe Davis, to help out Stephon Diggs. They got Dalton Kincaid, but it still doesn't seem like enough. And maybe, just maybe, it's because they believe in Gabe Davis. And DraftKings Sportsbook tends to believe in Gabe Davis as well. Thinks that the yardage may be, you know, a little bit modest, not anything crazy. The receptions won't be crazy. But if he gets those 6.25 touchdowns or 7 touchdowns, that would be huge for Gabe Davis in 2023. Easily one of the highest upside players at 74.7 ADP. Everyone else in this tier is above 60. So clearly there is some upside with Gabe Davis and it's a bit of a moonshot, but I do believe he's a little bit undervalued and you probably should take a shot on him in some of these underdog drafts. Now let's get into the biggest faller in terms of these rankings. And it is none other than some people's favorite wide receiver in the NFL, Christian Watson. Christian Watson is is wide receiver 33 in terms of DraftKings' rankings, and they have him at 21 on underdog, ADP of 41.2. Very high. Very, very, very high. Now, again, I need to say this yet again for people who maybe missed off the top. Maybe you went over your head. Maybe I was talking too fast. This is a median projection. So you can't look at it and say, well, Christian Watson's going to be the best receiver. He's going to have 100 targets. He's going to have 1,000 yards. He's going to catch 10 touchdowns because his yards per route run was off the charts and all this stuff. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't stupid. They, they know that he can do these things. They know he had a great stretch last year. But he also has a new quarterback. They, they don't have very high projections for Jordan Love. They're not like Jordan Love's going to come out here and light the world on fire either. And that's where you look at Christian Watson and the player right behind him is DJ Moore. Wide receiver 26 on underdog, wide receiver 33 tied with Christian Watson. They literally have the exact same projections. Christian Watson, DJ Moore, the identical lines on underdog. 800 yards, four and a half touchdowns, 62 and a half receptions. 
Two teams that don't pass a ton. Now, to be fair to the Packers, they may pass a little bit more. But when you're talking about beyond best ball and looking at redraft leagues and other things, like Christian Watson could be a very volatile asset in 2023, and it could be because of the quarterback play. Like, we want Jordan Love to be good, but we didn't really see him play that well. Outside of a fourth quarter where there was nothing on the line, he didn't really play that well. In his only start, he didn't play very well, and so he could struggle. Same case with DJ Moore. Everyone thinks DJ Moore is going to blow up because, you know, this Chicago offense is going to take a step forward. Justin Fields is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to win MVP. He's going to run for all these yards. He's going to throw for 3,000 yards, 4,000 yards. Like, you know, we don't know what he's going to do. But when you're telling me that his best projection, like the, the this is where they're like, yeah, we feel good about this number. 800 yards for Christian Watson and DJ Moore? 800 yards. They could both smash these numbers. But clearly, they believe that these range of outcomes for these players is pretty high. And the variance is very high. Drake London, Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis. Three of those names we all view as pretty volatile. Mike Williams, boomer bust. Gabe Davis, boomer bust. Marquise Brown, boom or hurt. Drake London, you know, we'll see because what's the volume look like? Christian Watson, new quarterback, potentially a different system slightly because it's not Aaron Rodgers. DJ Moore, new team, bad quarterback play if it doesn't improve, low passing volume. So a lot of unknowns when you talk about all these players. Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, like those guys are in much more certain situations, so it kind of makes sense why their projections are just a little bit higher than this other tier. And that's why they're a little bit lower, and I think you look at them, and you don't view a DJ Moore and a Christian Watson in the same light as a Gabe Davis and a Mike Williams. But when they're playing in a low-volume offense that runs the ball a lot, then yeah, they're going to perform more like a Mike Williams and a Gabe Davis who are in high-flying offenses and will score a ton of points and quarterbacks will probably both throw for 4,500 yards. That is a massive difference and giving Mike Williams 800 of 4,500 is a lot different than giving DJ Moore 800 of 3,000, right? Like those are two very different things and you can see where the ceiling for a Williams and a Gabe Davis is that much higher than a Watson or Moore because there's so much unknown in terms of the quarterback play. Quarterback play is very certain for Williams and Gabe Davis. I still think they deserve to be in the same tier, but again, you have a wide receiver 39 in the same tier as wide receiver 21 and wide receiver 26 and wide receiver 25 and wide receiver 22. That says a lot about the wide receiver 21 and 22 more so than it says about the wide receiver 39 because we know Gabe Davis will be a volatile asset, but people are drafting Drake London and DJ Moore and Christian Watson like they won't be. They are drafting them for their ceiling outcomes where they are target hogs in a very pass heavy offense. We know it's probably not going to be Atlanta. Maybe he can see that volume in Green Bay for Christian Watson and Maybe DJ Moore can see that as the only target in Chicago if that happens, but clearly drafting Sportsbook is not really that sold on that happening. They're kind of like, yeah, they'll be good. They'll have their good games, their bad games, but overall, they could just be fine, and maybe we have to accept that, and that's why their wide receivers 29 through 33, and that's the list. That's the entire list. That's me kind of breaking down all these players. As I mentioned, you know, the, the clear outliers for me really are the Seattle players. 
the market in, in underdog is drastically underrating Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and probably JSN as well. And then with that would come Geno Smith, right? Like clearly they believe that Geno Smith is a damn good quarterback and will be very good for fantasy in 2023. And then you look at Tampa Bay. We don't know who their quarterback is, but they seem to believe that there will be a lot of passing volume in Tampa, whether we like it or not. We know they have no run game. We know that their offensive line will probably be shaky. We know their quarterback may change three or four times this season, but there has been some sneaky rumors that old Carson Wentz could be available for Tampa. And if Carson Wentz heads to Tampa, let me tell you, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to smash these numbers. They are going to annihilate these numbers because for everything Carson Wentz is not, he will chuck the ball up. He will get the ball to his receivers, whether they're open or not, whether he's throwing picks or not, it's possible. So hold out hope, hold out belief, and God damn it, Kyle Shanahan, can we please get some clarity on your quarterback situation? Because we don't have any numbers for Debo or Brandon Ayuk. There's some for Debo, but because we don't have his rushing numbers, I can't really accurately throw him into this sample. Brandon Ayuk, there's nothing for him because no one knows what he's going to do, so we don't really know. I will be posting this in the Discord, so make sure you are subscribed to the Discord at patreon.com forward slash allgas. You can sign up for all comments or better, and you will get access to this data that I will post in there and other stuff that I find. And I'll probably dive into this a little bit more with even more information so I can e provide even more clarity on the situation. Because I think it's very fascinating to look at these numbers, compare them to underdog and say, well, why is there this wide discrepancy and why isn't anybody talking about this? Because obviously it should matter a little bit. Should it matter a lot? Should it matter a little? That's up for you. I'm here to pass along the information. As always, my name is Jordan Richards and I am the host of Straight to the Bank. I will see you guys in the next episode. And until next time, with the shenanigans and training camp kicking off, there's only one thing left to say. San Francisco, where's your disco?